find someone else who was ever closer to the royal family who will ever speak to the newspapers. Love the British monarchy. You've come to the right place. Welcome to the To Die For Daily podcast with Kinsey Schofield. Take it away, Kinsey. Shut up, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hi, guys. Kinsey here with the To Die For Daily podcast. And I'm so excited to be talking to Steve and Alan. You're a comedian. You're an author. You're a podcast host. But most importantly, you're one of my favorite hosts on GB News because I get such a kick. You make me laugh several times a week at least i'm sitting over here in la watching you on headliners isn't the internet great it is isn't it it's amazing what a great time to be doing stuff like in the old days you'd have to get a job on tv that broadcasts for like three mile radius near a big hill and now you just do it across the entire world so you can watch us review the next day's newspapers which from your point of view must be just the same day it's all very confusing it's like time travel It's absolutely time travel. Um, I looked up your name with royals. Of course, I got a ton of headliner stories, but do you have any personal royal stories? I I couldn't find any instances where, like you say, you were in the same room with Prince William. Or Do you have any personal stories like that? I don't think they'd let me in rooms like that. Um, No. If you search, you might find some newspaper columns that I've written, uh, the odd one about the royals here and there. Um, The closest thing I've ever come to anything royal is when I was a child growing up in in Nottinghamshire, the Queen drove through my town and we were taken from the school to wave at a car. So I waved at a car. So that's, you know, it's almost like you're talking to royalty right now. It absolutely is. No, I love that because my grandfather told me when I first started pursuing this, he's from Canada and he's legally in this country, by the way. Um, but he told me <laughs> that that they had done something similar when he was a little boy and everybody was ushered out. So he's like, you know, she waved to me. And and he was like, there wasn't, weren't a lot of people out there. She waved to me. So I love to hear you say that because it reminds me of Grandpa Herbert. So full oh, circle. Yeah. What a beautiful, what a beautiful story. Although the you, town that I grew up in, it was probably the queen waving to the driver saying, step on it, would you? <laughs> Terrible. Do you get tired of talking about Harry and Meghan when you do headliners? Is it just, is it so much? To me, I feel like there's such clickbait that we rarely get legitimate stories and we kind of are talking so much about them that I'm getting to the point where I'm like, fake news. I don't want to talk about it. I'm just going to call garbage on this. I don't believe this is true. (laughs) Definitely. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, it's the newspapers are obsessed. And it's a shame because there must be a handful of good stories that it would be good to know about, that it would be good to investigate. But there's loads of ones that are just like the Daily Mail must know. If you do a story about Megan, you'll probably get more clicks. It's probably not about sales these days. So they do an awful lot of them where if you investigate lower down the story, you realize it's not based on much. But for some reason, this is weird Venn diagram overlap. The people who really shouldn't care. You know, if you, if you don't like a couple, then don't care and don't pay attention. But, but they pay way more attention. So they just double down on reading stuff that upsets them. Oh, my gosh. I feel the same way about me. I'm like, if you don't like what I say about Harry and Meghan, you don't have to pursue what I'm saying about Harry and Meghan. Like, just listen to somebody that likes them. Um, I did want to talk to you about this story. I found this in the mirror. It says Meghan Markle and Prince Harry misunderstood the Spotify deal. Paul Burrell said, obviously Spotify was a money-making exercise as much as Netflix was. And I think that Harry and Meghan both misunderstood what was expected of them. Of course, both Spotify and Netflix wanted royal content. After all, that's what they're famous for. 
both Netflix and Spotify signed up for that content, for their story, for their experience with the royal family. And sadly, I think it's been shortcoming. Paul goes on to say that Harry and Meghan need to reinvent themselves to secure future opportunities and brand partnerships. And he also thinks they need to be more focused on their charity work. The famous butler to Princess Diana said that Diana always said, the price you pay for this wonderful lifestyle is public service and you have to give something back. Where is Harry and Meghan's public service? They both have a great platform they could use for this. Maybe they will. I hope they will. In a sense, he's the closest we'll get to an expert on this. And I think you're right. I think he's right on this one. The, the, the deal was, well, it was either misunderstood or it might have been willfully misunderstood because you can still trouser the money. I, I'm very impressed about how they've managed to get these deals, take the money, not really produce any good content and go, oh, well, I guess that didn't happen. I would do that for a living at the drop of a hat. Imagine getting paid and then not really having to do any work for it and just, oh, well. I mean, there was a, a story the other day about talking about the deal that they uh, they had with Netflix, calling it a good deal. I've got a good deal with Netflix. For about nine quid a month, they let me watch all their films. And that seems to be roughly the same amount of a deal that the Royal, that the, the Sussexes have had. And yet they got paid millions. I want some of this. I know. I know. I'm all about that too. See, I kind of feel like anybody in their shoes would have taken the same opportunity. So I, I don't want to be critical of them for, I, I think that they just were desperate and they thought, Oh, how, how do we say no to this? Um, mm. But I do, do agree that Netflix and Spotify wanted so much more than they got, especially Spotify who got Megan's archetypes podcast when Harry was given all the dirt to spare. I'd be so mad. <laughs> I don't know how I deal there. Um, yeah. I'd be curious to know what Slingo is, though. Paul, Paul, on behalf of Slingo. So it sounds like Paul's getting paid to talk, getting paid to talk to people for a brand. That's the dream job we both need. People. Well, so, <laughs> I've done it from the other side. I get offered because I, I host a radio show in parts of the UK. I get offered these interviews and you'll get a celebrity name. You're like, yeah, I'd love to interview this celebrity name because quite often it's like a celeb from my childhood who yeah. maybe, and this is being harsh, but their career might be on the descendant phase rather than on that descendant one. You think, wow. And then all they do is they just come on and just have to talk to you about biscuits. You're like, no, I want to ask you about your career. Well, my career reminds me of the new digestive biscuit that really is dunkable. What are you doing? Stop flogging stuff. I'm going to fix the next thing I tell you and edit. But yesterday I interviewed about. And so I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> So good, isn't it? As if, as if anyone wants to play out that interview. Imagine if you're a listener and you get to hear this celeb from your childhood, and they don't say anything that you're interested in, but they really flog some biscuits. Exactly. I'm thrilled. I don't have a, but now I'm going to get one. Um. All right. I need you to take the lead on this story because I'm a lady and we don't talk about um passing gas. But oh, do you know? Yeah, we and we don't do it, obviously. This course, yeah. story has had me rolling for over a year now, right? This is an older story. I think I saw you guys talk about this on Headliners at one point. Um, but Robert Jobson wrote a piece for The Express last week or earlier this week that said Camilla might think twice before standing near Biden. And now a word from our sponsor. 
Jobson says Charles's wife, Queen Camilla, will, of course, meet the president again. Perhaps this time she will think twice before standing downwind from the 80-year-old leader of the free world. When the two met at a reception in 2021, he apparently broke wind in front of her, which left her in stitches. I don't want to say it, Steve. You go. Um, but you've you've got two delicate, dainty ears there, so I'm not sure what I can <laughs> say that might not uh, offend a lady like yourself. But yes, he... It's somewhat ironic that at COP26, trying to uh, an event trying to minimize emissions, he very much did the opposite. He uh, <laughs> contributed to the greenhouse gas problem quite loudly, apparently. And methane is a problem when it comes to greenhouse gases. It's not just carbon dioxide, water vapor and methane both contribute to the greenhouse effect. Let's hope there was mainly methane, not too much water in his. Um, yeah, it was apparently it was uh, it was described as long and loud and impossible to ignore. It gets to the stage where you start to become proud, doesn't it? Where you just think a small little faux pas, uh, then that's not even noteworthy. But one that gets the royals talking about the stamina that you still have at your age to continue making that kind of a noise. There's, there's almost, it's almost a win, isn't it, for Biden? Long and loud. I mean, it's the way we love all of our presidents, right? Um, I did tell Fox News when they asked why there were no tiaras this week during Biden's visit, um, that it was because it was a mini visit, not necessarily a state visit, which they need much longer to plan. But I said what they lacked in tiaras, they might make up for in air fresheners. So <laughs> and I was just like a joke, like a one liner at the end of the email. And then when I opened up the article and saw it there, I was like, oh, they really they went there. They really put that in. Um, so uh, what was the what was the media's reaction to the president there this week? Because there really wasn't much of a reaction here in the States. Maybe it was because it was such a brief trip without all of the glitter and tiaras. Um, I do think that, like, I saw the Daily Caller call him bewildered Biden walking around the lawn. But for the most part, I don't think it was um, a big deal here in, in the United States. Well, I mean, in part, I think that's because, yeah, a short visit. Also, if if I'm brutally honest, I, I see, I think I've noticed that you've stopped caring as much. Now it's not the queen and now it's our king. It just has less of that glamour, which from our point of view, you know, our stamps are just as good as they used to be. Our pound notes, they still look good to me, but I can understand how it has less of the international appeal that it had. So I think if it was a Biden visit to the Queen, then maybe you would have covered it more. But yeah, it didn't get lots of coverage here. There's a section of the media that spends all of its time just trying to notice when he falls over. And that must be actually quite an easy job. You just because he does it a lot. Like as much as I'm, I'm not trying to be harsh, but oh, if you if you if you search for Joe Biden falls over, it's not like you only get one result. You, every time he goes anywhere. I don't know if there's someone on the inside who's a mole who's polishing his shoes the wrong way or something. Or they're just leaving really slippy carpet around, but it's almost a guarantee that he has a little trip or he, he he calls our prime minister the wrong name or things like that. Let's talk about this Fox News headline. Biden lampooned for being led away by King Charles. He looked like Mr. Magoo. The pair were taking part in the inspection of the guard at Windsor Castle. A clip from the president's visit to the United Kingdom went viral Monday after critics said it showed the president appearing confused and requiring someone to lead him. Biden made his first visit to see King Charles III in the UK since the latter's coronation earlier this year. After the pair greeted each other, they took part in the inspection of the guard outside Windsor Castle, where Biden stopped and spoke to a guard at the end of the line. 
King Charles could be seen trying to lead Biden away from the guard while the president continued speaking. Now, this is where Twitter had a field day. Uh, One comment says, how is this even real? King Charles has to show Biden where to go. We are a laughing stock. Another user says, the optics of this are horrible for Biden. He looks like Mr. Magoo inspecting the troops. Another user says, so that's a hat. Or is that your actual hair? (laughs) It's kind of funny. The hat hair thing. There was some befuddlement. He, he ended up chatting to the uh, to the one of the the military, which we just don't do in the UK. The the royals ignore everyone who's not royal, and they just carry on and you know just talk to the then smile and wave. Whereas actually chatting to soldiers, that's not something that looks good. So uh, no, he he did come across as a little confused, a little befuddled. It's kind of his gig these days, though, isn't it? Yeah, you're right. Well, I think that one of the reasons that Americans loved the Queen was because she seemed so soft and gentle and almost grandmotherly. And uh, maybe that's why they voted for Biden, because he's definitely coming off as an elderly person. But I would I was thankful that he didn't fall over during that process. I when everybody was trying to poke poke at me to get me to say something critical, I was like, look, he stayed straight like there was no this so i was just grateful for that yeah there was a little trip wasn't there not an actual trip but there was a when you catch your shoe on the pavement just use lots of uk base words um there was one of those as he was walking towards 10 downing street the little you know one of those a well recovered though it's about time we start giving credit where it's due he can recover from a fall i still need to hark back to the old one though the fact that he managed to fall up some steps into an airplane this is going against but like 10 times yeah keep going (laughs) the persistence and falling upstairs is against the laws of of Gravity. gravity isn't it sir isaac newton needs to rewrite everything because joe biden fell up brilliant i will say though that it is just as a royal watcher it was exciting to see king charles meet with an american president for the first time as the king that Mm. to me i was like i i acknowledge that that was the excitement um but when it comes to the the pomp and what americans usually see when our presidents interact with the royal family it was Eh, you know, I like the state dinners. I like seeing the people. There's that great scene with the Princess Royal hesitating to walk in when President Trump was there and the Queen being like, come on. I mean, just being watching our presidents really engage with the royal family. And like you said, the awkwardness of Biden talking to someone he wasn't technically supposed to be speaking to. That's really what we're looking for. It teaches us a lot about both sides. Um, and. It it was sad that really all we saw was just like a walk across a very confused Mm. walk across a lawn. In our defense, though, can I just say there is a cost of living crisis over here due to all the inflation. We can't keep giving you free food every time you send over a president. It's it's getting a bit much. So sometimes it's just a short visit. No, I, I, I agree. That's what I did say. I said with both of our countries struggling so much, it was probably a better idea to not roll out the red carpets because people might yeah. get resentful. Uh, speaking of people being resentful, it says parents slam the cost of Prince William and Kate's new playground in Windsor. Little do they know that the Internet will slaughter them for not referring to 
the Princess of Wales as the Princess of Wales, Catherine, the Princess of Wales. Um, So they say that Prince William and Kate Middleton opened a local play park for kids on Tuesday at Windsor Great Park in England, but it's not quite receiving the warm welcome they had hoped. Known as Adventure Play, the Prince and Princess of Wales are not allowing just anyone in. Instead, they're charging parents £12 or $15.50 with kids under the age of two to watch their children play on the park equipment. For children between the ages of two to 15, it actually costs more to play, 16 pounds, which is for us $20.60. Under a promotional post for this on Instagram, someone commented, there is a cost of living crisis, read the room. Another blasted how much it's charging as utterly obscene. Oh my gosh. They also say, and if that's not the worst of it, that significant fee covers one session, which only lasts two hours. A user commented, how could you guys get this so wrong? Whoever came up slash approved this pricing structure needs a reality check and quite obviously couldn't care less about children from struggling families. Oh, yikes. In fairness, a spokesperson for the playground said, we also listened to feedback during our testing sessions, and this feedback is reflected in the price set. The price includes car parking, which can be used for the whole day, enabling families to enjoy other facilities in the park outside of their play session. The price set allows us to limit visitor numbers for the specific times and to ensure all guests can enjoy the experience, experience in a fully relaxed an uncongested way. Yeah, yeah. And mentioned that lower prices are not completely off the table. That could inevitably happen. Do you pay, really charge for people to play on on the playgrounds over there? I couldn't believe this story. Parents slam the cost of Prince William and Kate's new playground. This is from the New York Post. Is this because it's their playground or does everybody have to charge to play on a playground there. I'd never heard this before. Yeah, things aren't quite that bad at the moment. Certainly the ones near where I live, because I've got a one-year-old. I should I should say I've got a child. Otherwise, me just rocking up to a playground to have <laughs> a little free sit on a swing, I'd be talked about in the local newspapers. Um, but yeah, they voted the um, Williams and William and Kate opened up this playground. It's in a posh area of the country anyway. So around that Windsor area, people have got a little bit of money. So maybe they do charge for posh people, but certainly this playground charges, not just for the children, which is expensive for the children to go and play. It's not like they'll remember it, but they charge for the parents to go as well. Now, from my side of it, as a parent, it should be the other way around. Um, It's so boring just sitting there watching your kids have a fun time on some swings. You should pay me for it. How am I having to pay you for the pleasure of also having to pay you for my kids? (laughs) I think it's a cost of living crisis thing. Maybe the Royals Maybe they've realized they need to try and find alternate revenue streams, I believe would be the way they call it. So now they're making a bit of money off the back of playgrounds. That's so strange to me. I've never seen anything remotely like this. And I'm t- I'm always team Prince William and Princess of Wales. But I really had a hard time. Like, I mean, you said it a few minutes ago. It's a cost of there's a cost of living crisis right now. Um, and we're in a very strange time where children are glued to their screens. It's almost become a a babysitter. And so with their whole mission being the early years and trying to get people to spend more time with their children and really be engaged within those first few years, it feels a little icky to charge people to 
go outside and engage with their, and I love them. I can't stress it enough, but it does make me wonder who was, was in charge of that. And, and does it really have longevity as a business? I don't understand what the ultimate objective would be. Yeah, it does seem tone deaf, doesn't it? There's a bit, uh, a spokesperson for the the actual playground thing um, said, uh, it tried to make it sound like it's more than just a, a bit of a playground. And they described it as saying, this is about watching your children play, learn, gain more confidence. And it's just like the kind of play that we used to do. No, because when I used to play as a child, uh, it didn't cost my parents 20 quids worth of their money. So it's quite different from how things used to be. It's not just getting out into nature because nature doesn't come with a big old bill. Yeah. I, or, you know, I, I can understand if they had a supervisor there and there was activities that were executed like on a, on a schedule and you've got like, a, you know, like a pool has a lifeguard. You have somebody there that's managing everything. And at two o'clock, we're going to do story time. And at three o'clock, there's this. But if you are just letting your kids loose to go crazy and just scream their heads off, then, well, I mean, you can honestly do that at a Tesco. <laughs> and so many people do. That's a very good point. <laughs> so, how, you know, you mentioned how there there feels like a lack of enthusiasm for the royal family in the States since the Queen has passed. Do you feel like that is what's happening where you are? Um, do you feel like people are maybe less engaged because of King Charles? Yeah, I I do. In part, that's just because of how good the queen was at, at managing during i mean for the things i remember in, in in my lifetime managing to do those uh the christmas uh broadcasts that are just so note perfect and then the broadcast that we had during the pandemic amazing so gained so much credit in the, within the nation but so a great monarch but also one that was just always around when we were growing up for a whole generation we've known nothing other so it's it's difficult to have that change anyway but there's another thing i don't know if anyone really ever talks about this um when he was the the prince of wales he was famous for speaking out on issues that are quite political and his point of view is somewhat at odds to the general point of view of those who quite like the royals so the venn diagram is a bit awkward on this one because the people who would traditionally love our monarchy might steer towards not having that much of an eco-friendly mindset. But then all of a sudden we have King Charles. We know what he thinks about environmental issues and you want to love him as a king. But for some people, I think there's a bit of, I'm going to say cognitive dissonance. And then later I'll Google it to see if I've used the right phrase. <laughs> Do you feel like people are... I don't know. I feel like he's been so good about keeping his opinions to himself. Other than the Rwanda situation where he said, allegedly said that he didn't think that was a good idea. I, we haven't heard much of his political opinions recently. And mm -hmm. I almost think he's really trying to be more like his mother. Um, do you think that's fair to say? Or are you hearing things over there that I'm not? No, I think you're right that we don't we don't currently hear things from him, yeah. but it's not like with his mother where there was such a short period of her life where she could have expressed opinions before she became the queen. But for Charles, it's very much the other way around. He's lived an entire life where all he had to do was write letters to um, MPs to express opinions, to turn up to these various events, and we know exactly what he thinks about issues. Yeah. And again, I'm not being too harsh, but one thing I've noticed about human nature is that by the time you hit your 70s, you don't change your mind about a lot of things. 
So yeah. it's if you were a betting person, you'd know which which one to put your chips on when it comes to R. King and his point of view on eco issues. Well, I do think that Prince William, while I do know how that he's very passionate about the environment, I still kind of think that I am at a loss for some of those political passions of his. So I, I do compare him a lot to the Queen because there is a kind of a mystery surrounding him that totally lacked with King Char- with former Prince Charles, now King Charles. So maybe that's something to look forward to. Maybe that blank slate will exist with a King William and there will be some comfort there. But yeah. we'll have I to I think see. you're right. Maybe they just learned the lesson because I suppose we went through a time when Prince Charles was being Prince Charles when media was different. There were a handful of newspapers, very few TV channels in the UK. We had four of them when I was a young person. Uh, And then all of a sudden social media comes along and then we express our opinions differently. So maybe more errors in terms of public relations were made that they've learned from. And now William is very much getting it, again, closer to note perfect. Steve, thank you so much for your time today. How can people keep up with you? Oh, I'm certainly on all of the social medias. I've tried to keep the same username of at Mr. Stephen Allen. Um, and now I've got to, ret- it's harder to re- remember all of the platforms. So that's Twitter, Threads, Instagram, uh, TikTok. I don't know. If there's, a, if there's a website, just type Mr. Stephen Allen in and there's a, there's a chance you'll get me. And if not, do let me know about it. Don't nick the username without telling me because that would <laughs> ruin my system right now, wouldn't it? Um, so yeah, I'm still I'm doing a show in Edinburgh this year as well. So if you are visiting for the Edinburgh Fringe, come and see my show. It's at uh, Gilded Balloon, 9 o'clock every, every night. Oh my gosh. So wait, is that going to affect me watching you on television? Are you not going to be available or how's this going to work? Yes, for most of August, I won't be on doing the newspaper reviews because my show's, as I say, nine at night, and it's also in Scotland. There's no way to make it to the TV studios in time. I'm crushed. Well, you know, there's Zoom. Like, I was hoping maybe you'd just be a a pop-up head. But no, seeing you live is way better because I've seen you live. I've met you in person. Seeing you live is way better than seeing you on TV. So yes, go see you. Um, And then you have a podcast, right? How can can my listeners follow you on, on your podcast? Again, all of them, their platforms. If you search for Mr. Stephen Allen on the radio, it's the the podcast that is um, melted down radio shows. So I do a, an afternoon radio show where we review the news, but not the main bits of news. The other bits of news that might uh, skip past you, we catch them and turn it into a radio show that then comes out as a podcast at the end. Oh, that sounds hilarious. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to have to find it. I can't wait to listen to that. Well, thank you so much again for your time. If you are curious, you can catch Headliners. Um, It comes on at 11 p.m. your time, right? (laughs) Which is like, it's like three o'clock in the afternoon for me. So you guys know what I'm doing at three o'clock. I'm watching headliners. Don't worry, (laughs) I do other things too. Um, But thanks so much for your time today. I think you are a hoot and you're so, so smart in your humor. Like while you are hilarious, there's common sense driven, you know, it's common sense driven um, commentary. And I agree with 99.9% of the things you say. This is why I like you. I knew there was a reason. And I should keep <laughs> you around more. You're very good for my mental health. Thanks again. And I can't wait to talk to you again soon. And hopefully I see you again in real life. Now I know not to visit in August. Yes. Good point. Yes. And we should. It was great because although we met, we met in a room and we didn't get anywhere near each other because you'd just done a TV show. I was just about to do one. Yeah. We should actually meet where we're allowed to act like humans. That'd be good. That I, I have said before to my friends that that is the weirdest shuffle that 
post Mark Dolan or Dan Wooten in comes headliner shuffle because you want to like have a moment and there is no time for a moment, but you're seeing to me, I'm seeing all these faces of these people I love and I want to be like, Oh my gosh, what's your favorite color? I love you. But you are so busy. You're getting your mic on, you're getting in position. And then everybody's like, get out, get out. Yeah. Um, That's the thing. If you actually try and stop and have a chat, one of the floor managers will just rugby tackle you and then drag you to the seat. There is no chance. I might lose an eyelash and, you know, I just can't afford it. We are in a crisis, you know, a cost of living crisis. Um, All right. Well, I'll talk to you again soon. And thank you so much for tackling the Camilla gas story for me. That was really important. (laughs) It's probably linked to fracking, but absolutely a pleasure. (laughs) First time fracking has been mentioned on this podcast and I love it. (laughs) Bye.